You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is by rural leaders and for rural leaders. It is our hope every single week, week in and week out, to bring you voices that don't just speak to the rural context, but uh, it's voices that, that get it, people who have been there, who have lived there, who have ministered there, and who are actively trying to do God's work in small, out-of-the-way places. And so if you're tuning in today, we hope that you find encouragement, camaraderie, and as always, practical stuff that can help you in life and ministry. Tuning in with us today, we have Pastor Foster Beckstrand, and he has been a lead pastor in Daisy, North Dakota for the last 24 years, and he has quite the story and quite the journey. I'm excited to dive into lessons um, about what longevity looks like and, and what God can do through it. And so as we get into these questions, first, I just want to say, Pastor Foster, how are you doing, man? Hey, real good. It's uh, great to be with you today and looking forward to visiting together, and it's uh, uh, it's a privilege. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear it, man. And we we do consider it a privilege to talk to rural pastors and rural voices because uh, we know we know that God's not just at work in the rural church, but that uh, God's work is thriving in the rural church. And so, um, the first question I ask every every uh, guest on our podcast is just to describe for our listeners your background in ministry and your connection to the rural church. Because again, we do talk about how these are these are tried and true rural voices. And so, maybe enlighten us on on your own ministry journey and the places you've been and what you're doing. You know. Sure. Well, uh, I grew up in a pastor's home and I was uh, next to the youngest of six in our family. And my dad uh, was a pastor as well, as I said, and he generally pastored uh, rural churches and he just, you know, found a way to, to work it out. He, he just uh, over the years, as, as he raised us as a family, uh, just instilled in us uh, such a, a love for the Lord, love for people. And as we grew to love God and love others, it just gave us, and for me especially, gave me that desire to, hey, you know, I'd really, you know, I, I know God can use me. And as, of course, as that went along, God called me in ministry as well. And I've been pastoring these uh, some 30, 30, I don't know, 30, almost 37 years now. Uh, wow. Just, you know, just being able to uh, let the Lord use me and me and my family. As I as I saw my dad in so many ways, I just felt like, hey, you know, God is faithful, and I have just uh, just let God uh, work through me uh, and and to use me. And uh, over the years, has been a blessing. Awesome. And so, uh, to give us an idea of your context now, Daisy, North Dakota. Um, tell us a little bit about the town and the church. You know, and and obviously. We know that in the rural church, numbers don't mean much, but they do help us kind of contextualize what we're talking about today. And so maybe in, enlighten us on the community of Daisy and your church within it. And, and you know, I know we already mentioned you've been there 24 years. So tell us a little bit about your current church. Sure. Well, we just love Daisy. It's a, it's a, a great little town. It's a town of about uh, 80 people. We uh, just thank the Lord for uh, just smaller, these small rural you know, areas and communities have, you know, just a gold mine of people that, you know, we, we feel like, you know, God, you know, we, we has called us to, you know, maybe not a, a very a big church, but a church with uh, people with big hearts and a lot of farmers in our area, uh, in our church as well. And just 
you know, people that are not afraid to roll up their sleeves and, and work together. And it's been a great journey seeing how God can use us as a church and as individuals to reach out to our community. It's uh, it's just a, a combination of people. We, we're a smaller town, uh, not, not too far from two bigger cities, uh, just a half hour away. So we're kind of a bedroom community as well, where we uh, have people that lo love to live out in the country. So we have a mixture of, of people just uh, that uh, live out there, farm out there, and a little bit of everything. Yeah, and uh, as far as your, your church in general, what would you say your average attendance has been over the last 24 years? Well, it's been interesting. You know, we've we've had, uh, you know, it's declined just because sure, there's of, ups and downs. Sure. Yeah. 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 And so it, it is it is what it is. And so we, we feel like, you know, currently we we average around 20 to 30 people on any given Sunday. And but we we just feel like, you know, God has been faithful and we we realize how, you know, uh, he works the, uh, in a community, in our church. And we have people that just are willing to to just step up and be used yeah. of the Lord, and so it's, it's exciting. Yeah, and and honestly, like like I said, you know, one of the things we've preached on this podcast a lot is that that uh, you know numbers are never representative, the only metric of success in ministry. But the only reason I bring them up today is because um, some of the questions we're going to walk through have a lot to do with, hey, what do you do in a small town and, and a relatively small church when things happen or people leave or pass away? And like, and as a pastor, you don't have 200 people to draw from. You have pretty limited pool. And so so it's cool to hear, um, you know, one of the things we champion is faithfulness. And obviously doing the Lord's work in a community uh, for 24 years is huge. And I mean, absolutely huge for, uh, and speaks volumes of you as a minister and of the work that God's doing in Daisy. So well, hey, let's uh, let's look at some questions here that dive into maybe some of the story you were able to share with me over the phone. Uh, so obviously you mentioned that your dad was a rural pastor and uh, and yeah. you did mention already that, you know, kind of his heart kind of shone through. But if you had to get specific about it, what is something you feel like you really inherited from your dad in terms of his passion and heart for rural ministry? I mean, this is generational, you know. So what is it that you feel specifically that he kind of passed on to you, you know? Yes. One of the things I, I feel it's just a really a big asset that he was and did, lived as a pastor is being in smaller churches, smaller communities, is that he uh, knew all the people, a lot of the people, at least in town. And if he found out about there's someone in a hospital, if, he, if they didn't even go to his church, he still would visit them. And, and, and in fact, uh, being able to reach out to these people, maybe maybe in a, a time of loss of of a of a loved one, things like that. He, he really became a pastor of the community. And I think that's one thing that really instilled in me that, that same, like, you know, God can use me as well in that. And I, it really has been true. Uh, I have been able to minister to, to people that don't even go to our church, but uh, I'm able to reach out to them because they, they may, a lot of them don't have a church home and they just need someone to, you know, reach out and connect with them. Yeah. And, uh, and I love that perspective. I think that small town churches have such a huge opportunity to embody uh, the very heart of the kingdom of God. And again, never to dig at large churches. It's just that sometimes if your church is two, three, four, 500 people, you find your days, you're really limited. You find your whole day taken up by, you know, a large group of people. Um, but in a rural setting, you kind of have opportunity and breathing room uh, a beautiful open door to to care for the needs of a lot of different different people, even if 
they do not count themselves on the membership roles of your church. And so I think that's a huge example uh, to carry on and really a huge heartbeat for the rural church in general. Man, powerful stuff. What a legacy, too. I, I find myself a little bit jealous, you know, in, in a positive way of your of, of having that investment in that life and ministry and, and being able to watch your, your dad really model that for, for you and your family is just incredible. So, um, well, hey, let's look at this. Uh, you've been in Daisy for a long time. You know, 24 years is quite a tenure. And uh, and it's a small town, as you mentioned, you know, 80, 80 people on a good day. And, you know, I'm sure there's a few scattered pockets in the country and your church, you know, maybe at one time averaged 40 or 20 or 30. But, you, you know, you have a small pool to draw from. So obviously one of the biggest things that happens to pastors and especially in small towns is there are church members and specifically like tithers who pass away or move away. And uh, and every time, you know, in a large church, you might lose somebody who, who does donate a, a sizable paycheck. But in a small town where your church is 20 people, yes. you could lose a lot, you know, like, I mean, you know, and that's a huge hurdle to overcome. And so maybe clue us in how, you know, as many as this has happened to you, whether someone moves or someone passed away, how did you as the pastor, like what beliefs guided you when you were trying to kind of overcome the loss of those people and to be really pragmatic, sometimes even the loss of, of budget, you know? Yes, that that's for sure. Yes. And it's just one of those things where you just realize, you know, yeah, obviously, yeah, these people have just uh, invested greatly into our, your, our church and, and they have been one of the first ones to, you know, just help with this or that or whatever needs to be done. And of course, yeah, financially, and what you do is you, you have this mentality of, of our church. Like I said earlier, uh, people that are not afraid to roll up their sleeves. And it's kind of like that uh, saying goes, next man up. You know, it's the next person up. It's just say, hey, you know, I know that there's a void here. There's a gap. And we're going to work together. We're going to, you know, take a few extra hours, extra effort, whatever it takes. And it's really great to see how God just, you know, supplies and needs he people just step up and we we just find a, a way to to make it work yeah and honestly like what a testament to uh you know the holy spirit's work in the lives of people because again one thing i've loved 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 about the rural church is that um you're not always necessarily looking for these people they're not they're not neon flashing signs in front of you saying hey i'm ready to be your next volunteer kids ministry director or, hey i'm I'm ready to to jump into this task. Some of these people might say, "Well, I'm here and I'm willing, but I don't know what I'm doing." And and to see um, the development of leaders and and God working through that's really powerful. Man, this is a uh, cool stuff, and I, I I really thank you for you know being willing today to share your story and your life with us. Um, but hey, let's keep trucking. You know, I, I like I said, I love kind of diving into these subjects. As I look at our next question here, I want to talk about adaptability because one of the things that came up again and again and kind of tied to this last question. But um, I guess the first part of this question is, do you have, have you had, you know, ministries that were at one time present in your church, but as people left or people changed or things changed, have you ever had that ebb and flow? Like, hey, maybe today we've had a big kids ministry or, or, you know, this year we don't. And, and, and how have you adapted like like how could a small town pastor because i think when we find a good thing it's really hard not to keep doing that good thing and and pushing hard to do that good thing and so maybe walk us through the journey have there ever been times where you've had to even cut ministries and like what led that conversation and how did you see god work through it you know yes well and that's so true the adaptability part of it uh, the piece of it is just so true you know you just find a way 
yeah, there's times where it kind of the ebb and flow, like, hey, we, we end up having more kids at one time and maybe less youth. And then as they grow older, maybe more youth and less kids, you know, it just kind of seems like it goes in, in kind of shifts like that and, and seasons. And we just, you know, I think that we adapt to what, you know, we what is needed at the time. Uh, and uh, what we will do, too, is, is say, for instance, if we don't have as many kids, we'll we'll do an outreach to the kids. We've, we've done where we've done oh, something sure. at the park or we'll uh, have some kind of a special uh, kids sing at our church. Um, we, we just find ways uh, when we also when we. Uh, you know, let people know what we have uh, in church and, and what we have available for ministry. As we always mention that uh, my wife loves to work with kids. So she'll take the kids down during our, our worship service. And we, we make people aware of that, that, hey, you know, if you want to come, we've got uh, kids ministries available to, to come alongside. And so we find a way to, to reach out to, to whoever uh, that, that just needs you know, encouragement, and it just works out really well, just as long as we're willing to kind of just, you know, work a little, you know, differently at it and adapt to it. Yeah, and honestly, what a huge uh, reminder for every pastor tuning in is uh, is we, we can't really afford in a small church to get tunnel vision because the people who made one dream live, you know, might not be present, you know, and I think it speaks, again, volumes to the role of pastoral ministry in the Royal Church that but you have to be willing, uh, you know, to have a hard conversation. I mean, I'm sure that, that there were days where, uh, you know, someone looked at you and said, well, we can't do lesson kids. And you said, well, actually right now we just, we just might do that. We might do different, you know, we might switch to this and focus different here. And, and obviously you talked about the balance of, well, if we have less kids and we'll do more kids outreach and all those things. But, but man, I, I think it's just huge as your church grows. I think in a rural church, you just have to kind of afford yourself a measure of adaptability. And obviously Again, your longevity speaks volumes. Twenty-four years of managing the mm-hmm. ebb and flow in that, you know, so that's just that's just a huge comment and and a, and a great uh, prescription to give a real pastor to say, hey, be flexible, be adaptable, be willing to shift how outreach works and shift how discipleship ministries works based on who's around. You know, you don't want to be a square peg in a round hole. So, yes, yeah. and I would add, I would add to that too. Like the resources uh, are limited at times, and so. You know, and I think what happens too, being that longer period of, of pastoring, you, you know, get to know people better. And I've had people literally, you know, even though we might be limited, we have people from outside the church that have we've gotten to know. They they love what we're doing, and they'll just say, "Hey, I want to just give this as a donation to your church. Maybe oh, wow. it could be used for something." And we've just seen God bless in that way. And and it's because we've kind of invested time in these people. And they say, hey, you know, uh, you've done so much for our community. We want to do something back for you and your church. Wow. Yeah. And again, you know, I think maybe some pastors might be listening and say, well, sure, that's all neat and fun to say about adapting and doing these things. But, but you know, what's what's going to happen? You know, there's a risk associated. But what you're telling me is that over and over over your career, you've seen God just answer that. Just step in and be like, yeah, I'll meet your need. I'll bless you. I'll give you creative resourcing and all those things. I mean, that's pretty powerful stuff. You know, man. Well, that kind of leads into our last question today, you know, just uh, the sake of conversation. But uh, but again, one of the things that come into this podcast that I knew about you and that I've even heard others praise about you is is 
uh, your longevity is the fact that you have stuck it out with one town um, for a long time, you know, and, and seems by all accounts that you've told me and from what I've heard from others that you're still holding pretty well, you know, that you are, that you are doing well, you're being faithful, you're ministering to these lives of this small community and like, and just seeing God bless it. And so um, what has been in your own words, the greatest blessing of longevity. So let's start there. What, what for you, when you say, why would someone stick it out a long time? Why, why, why should we do that? Yes. Uh, you know, one thing that I think is really great is the opportunity as we've gotten to know these people, we, there's a deeper trust developed. And, you know, I think it's uh, something like this, the same goes something like this, you know, deeper the trust, the, the, the wider, the base of help. And mm-hmm. that's what we found uh, people that, as we get to know them over the years, it just seems like they are just, you know, you're able to do more things. You're able to uh, connect with them. And and during those times that they're struggling and uh, you say, hey, can we come alongside you? And not only ones from our church, but those in the community. And th- there's just that blessing that goes along with that. And I think one other thing that's obvious, but I mean, I think that we tend to forget that, you know, when you at a place longer, you just seem to, you know, God helps you. You, you learn fr- from mistakes. You learn from things that, decisions that didn't go so well. And, and you just kind of, over time, just make things work a little better because mm. you, you know, you have that experience. You have that time uh, over the years. And I think between those two things have, have been a blessing in, in our, our ministry, Daisy. Yeah. And honestly, um, even if even if uh, someone listened to this whole podcast and the only line they remembered was was, you know, that line about deeper trust, you know, and deeper trust creates kind of these room for relationships. And it's huge I and mean, it's huge, you know, and so like and even what you're saying there, you know, it sounds simple and practical. But to me, longevity really just uh, it, it gives so much dignity to like the role of pastor. When you stay someplace for a long time, right. it uh, it really does. Uh, you get a chance to pastor people through multiple phases of their life, through all these different storms, like you mentioned, and and uh, and what a testament to like God's devotion to His church. And so, you know, maybe if you're a pastor, like obviously we all have to be led by prayer, you know. But if you know, I, I pray extra and, and and consider and say, God, are you asking me to stay someplace for a long time? Because I think the benefits are rich. So the last question I have for you there is. Uh, Maybe there's a pastor listening who is in one of the darker parts of longevity where there's a tough season, a storm brewing around him. What would you say to encourage that pastor, you know, as someone who's, again, been there for 24 years? Uh, you know, that's that's it's a, a real uh, situation. And I think too many times the devil just comes in and he wants to just lie to us. He'll try to get us to just get off the focus, get off track and to remember how great God is, you know, how he can help us through these struggles and realize that, you know, that we we have to decide, you know, what is true? What What is really the truth uh, of what God wants to do in our situation? And he has come through before. And that that idea of, of continuing to stick it out the uh, of times where we don't understand is probably more times when we need to trust God more. And, and I think that's uh, key in a situation maybe that you don't understand and you're struggling with a pastor may be struggling is that the, the more trust and the more we're willing to turn it over to the Lord, he will uh, turn things around. I really believe as we trust him. Awesome. Yeah. And, and again, 
Uh, what a testament. You know, there's some things that are said well with words, and there's some things that are said better by example. And I just really want to commend you, Pastor Foster, on on your example, because again, um, you know, I know for me, I, I'm a I'm a young parent, and I've got a four year old and a two year old, and sure. um, and every time there's like the next biggest challenge, uh, there are days when it kind of threatens to overwhelm me because I just haven't seen the other side yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know that kids continue making it. You know, after mm-hmm. after this point, you know, and and I think that's a lot of what ministry's like is. You know, if you're a pastor in a small town trying to stick it out, the biggest storm you faced, again, Pastor Foster's here to tell you, hey, yes, you're facing that, but there's more on the other side. There's seasons of blessing and growth and all those things from God. And so um, so I guess, yeah, the final thing I want to say is just uh, thank you for your time, Pastor Foster. I I super appreciate your voice on this podcast. Absolutely. It's been great. Thank you, Joe, so much for uh, just taking the time and visiting and and kind of get seeing what's out there and, and just, you know, this is so important. We, we oftentimes we, we, we don't take that time to, to hear someone, you know, talk and to share their heart and you have really have a great opportunity for that. And thank you for all you're doing. Absolutely. And again, uh, from us at Royal Advancement, we just want you to know that, that these are the kind of stories and, and conversations we live for of just looking into the lives of, of rural leaders like you and me and saying, hey, what is it that, that God is teaching the church through the lives of these ministers? Because again, the Holy Spirit does not just work in in the uh, you know in big places. He works in small, out-of-the-way places. So if you find yourself in a tough season, you can always reach out, out to us at uh, Royal Advancement. I always include my personal email in the show notes, and you can uh, reach me there. And we'd love to have conversations with you, whether you have feedback or ideas, or even just want a friend to talk to. I love talking on the phone with people, you know, or texting or, or getting on a Zoom call. And so um, feel free to check us out. You know, this podcast will be available on Apple, on on Spotify, and again, at our website, www.royaladvancement.com. Give it a listen, a like, a follow, a subscribe, whatever that is, leave it a review. And uh, and we're excited for more conversations like these. You know, we've done we've had an awesome chance to dive into nuggets of wisdom with Pastor Foster Beckstrand this week, and uh, we have more for you coming in the next few weeks. And so for now, um, I've been your host Joe Epley. He has been Pastor Foster, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.